Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the Outkick network, this is Outkick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Is this the week where Baker Mayfield or Jimmy Garoppolo gets traded? Or Debo Samuel from the 49ers? Outkick 360 rolls on across the Outkick network coming up in an hour. Uh, Major League Baseball legend, Pete Rose will be on the show. And in 20 minutes, we'll go through the Outkick.com mock draft with our observations as we all wade in on these picks. Um, John Lynch, with his pre-draft press conference with the media out in San Fran today, saying that he just doesn't foresee trading Debo Samuel. I can't ever imagine wanting to move on from Debo, Lynch told reporters. You put yourself through the exercises, of even even though we don't have a first-round pick, you have to be thorough in this process and prepare for everything. And As you go through and do that, he's just too good of a player. Is that translation, we haven't received an offer that's blown us away yet? Is that what he's really saying? Because Schefter and Rappaport and others have reported this morning that there have been multiple teams that have called San Fran inquiring about what it would take to get Debo Samuel by Thursday. I mean, no, the Jets are one of them. I mean, right. the Jets are all in. And we haven't really talked about this, like why the Jets are so hell-bent on getting a premier wide receiver in, in a trade because the Jets are in good position to get the top receiver in the, at 10 that could have any receiver they want in this draft. They signed Corey Davis last year, who's not a premier wide receiver, but is a good number two wide receiver in the right setup. Uh, we saw in Tennessee. So uh, they got um, a, a good – they drafted a good wide receiver last year out of Old Miss. Um, so they, they don't have terrible – Yeah, they have Elijah Moore. They have yeah, Braxton Berrios. They don't have terrible weapons by, by any means. I guess they feel like if they got – Corey know, Davis? Uh, he said that. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think if they, they feel like if they got Debo Samuel or A.J. Brown, they'd be set at wide receiver and, and their second-year quarterback would have, you know, no excuses about weapons. But, um, you know, I, I, I think that's the prime trade partner for San Francisco on Debo Samuel. They offered a lot for Tyreek Hill and got outbid. They're next in line. Yeah, the prime trade partner is a dumb organization. Yeah. So the Jets fit the mold yeah. perfectly well. And it's the Jets basically saying, we're not going to do better in a draft than, than what you have with Debo Samuel. It's almost like we don't trust ourselves to find a gem in the second round that could be as good as him. So we'll overpay in both what we give up to you and what we're going to pay him to make sure we have that type of player. But I mean, and I think Hutton, you're right. You're, you're interpreting it well when they say, or to look at it and say, this is the 49ers saying we don't have that knocked our socks off offer yet. They, they want to flee someone. They're holding out to flee someone. And if they're going to flee someone, it's going to be an organization like the New York Jets. But do you want, they need multiple teams involved to do it. I just uh, – listen, I, I understand the Jets being stupid. It's another new regime. I think I, I consistently give them credit for getting a little bit smarter. I, I think Douglas 
and, uh, and, and a coach that was connected to the 49ers are a little bit smarter, at least a little bit smarter. Do you not want Garrett Wilson or Drake London on a rookie contract? Yeah, they should draft. As opposed to at number 10, as opposed to Debo Samuel with what he'll cost you in draft capital and what he'll cost you in contract? I, I do. I think they should draft Jamison Williams at number 10. I agree. Um, or, or uh, yeah, I put Jamison Williams in. The only reason I didn't is because you lose him for two months of of the of the season. Well, I mean, so you're, you're not going to the back. playoffs this year for yeah. the Jets. He's so a number, he's a number one wide receiver that you pair with Zach Wilson long term. Go get the best guy in the draft and not worry about the first two months of this yeah, season. I, I could be happy with any of those three guys. Really, I, I'm with you though, Paul. I, I don't. I I get the fascination with those players. I mean, AJ Brown is a hell of a player. So is Debo Samuel. But if I'm the Jets, I'm far more concerned. I, I'm not looking at my situation like, man, we are a Debo Samuel away from winning a Super Bowl. So we got to do what it takes and give away some early draft capital now to pay for right now because we're going to be really good. I'm not parting with draft picks if Plus I'm the, the Jets. I'm, I'm continuing to try to build. It's the same approach we've talked about with Detroit. And as to why they shouldn't reach for a quarterback at number two. Look, I continue think, to go get as close to a sure thing as you can in the first round and build. I think ultimately, I mean, we're seeing these receivers. We know A.J. Brown especially well because we're in Nashville. And look, we, we've discussed his value and we all think he's terrific. But I do think as these receivers uh, get more and more pricey, and as we see these draft classes continue to come into the league, and if there are more guys like Jamar Chase who come in and do things quickly, that, that the boomerang effect is going to be, people are going to say, all right, I'll take four years of the wide receiver and I'll replenish if guys are coming into the league like this list and playing pretty well right out of the gate. And so I'll just have a lifespan of four-year wide receiver, and unless he is otherworldly, I will just go get the next one. But in order to do that, you have to be able to trade the, the other wide receiver that you're moving on from before he hits free agency so you get something in return to go replace him. Well, some teams would say, I'll, I'll just get four years out of him, get a compensatory pick, so it'll turn into a third-round pick for me. I'll get four great, great years out of him, and he'll cycle into a compensatory pick for me. And that compensatory pick will be a really good wide receiver who will, in the cycle of life. That's how Baltimore would do it, right? Yeah, but the teams that we would all use as examples, I mean, look at, look at Kansas City. You know, they've got two first-round picks. There are eight teams with two first-round picks. Two of those eight are Kansas City and Green Bay. Yeah. Two first-round picks. And they did it by cycling out their marquee wide receiver and those teams paid a premium price to then sign them long-term to the mega yeah. contract. And so we'll see. If Kansas City and Green Bay do what I'm saying, yeah. they may well set the trend up. Get your guy. Get premium production out of him. Bail. But the, and but, go get the but, next guy. But the trend has to include teams that are willing to invest heavy money in those guys in order to get the picks necessary yeah, right. to go replace. You know, like where You can go and find... Um, it, there, there's a Cooper Cup level like uh, ability in every draft. Is there a Cooper Cup in every draft? No. no. Cooper Cup, who's setting records that we've never seen before, 
those guys are hard to find in the third round where he's selected. Meanwhile, you know, you have A.J. Brown, who's a second-round pick, who's played up to a first-round level, but he hasn't played to a top-five pick-type no. level. No. Um, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams, and those teams moved on because they have the franchise quarterback in place. And I think they're confident enough to in find the guy to, to have the quarterback elevate. And right? in Kansas City's case, they've also got, uh, they're also going with it with numbers. They think they're going to draft somebody good, but they've also got Smith-Schuster and uh, Valdez-Scantling. Mm-hmm. So they're throwing some numbers at it. Hey, we're not going to replace him with a singular guy. Kelsey's our singular guy. We're going to throw some numbers at it. Hopefully we get a really good rookie, but we've also got some depth now and maybe in a way that we didn't this, before. Green Bay doesn't have any depth. There Green is, Bay's thin yeah, as hell. Uh, Green Bay, though, can, has a chance to completely retool, you know, reload, not rebuild that position. Um, and it's going to be very difficult but to, be very young. to replace Devontae Adams. I, I, I do want to point out, though, in San Francisco's case, I'm not just taking top offer here. Like a, When I say top offer, if you have multiple teams calling and it's just the best offer for Debo, no, I, I know he's good disgruntled. Enough, it's not good enough. Um, you know, he's, at, he's at some club over the weekend where they're walking through, and I think it's in California, where they're walking through and it's bottle service. And, you know, they, they have the... Uh, the neon signs that they they carry around as they go to the table with the bottles that you're ordering. Is that and, how it works? I, I haven't it been says, in a bottle service uh, spot. And yeah. it says um, it's either that or fireworks that come out of the bottle. Oh, oh yeah, or yeah, or both. Sparkles. Yeah, sometimes both. both. Yeah, sparkles. Uh, it all includes women. I can yeah, we <laughs> right. do know that. So on social media, they have this. The guy was rolling his phone and um, and he's they're they're walking through, and it's not even Debo's table. They're walking not. through the club, and the sign says, not the guy's table's name, but it says Debo Stain with 49ers on the sign. And that's what he requested to put on the sign as they walk it through because he knows Debo was up there. Well, the sign walks through. The guy takes his cell phone, zooms in on Debo's face, and he goes, nah. He gave the cut throw. He's like, nope, nope. Like, just, just another sign that he, he mentally has checked out. He's miserable. But, I'll, but if you are Shanahan and Lynch and just looking at what they have, the reason why Jimmy Garoppolo won as many games as he did when he actually played is because of the talent around him in the offensive system. And if you're moving on to Trey Lance and you're subtracting Debo Samuel from the offense, what do you have? Oh, you're way worse. So... What does it take in return to be way worse? Well, I mean, I think one thing we're underestimating that I've read a lot out of, out of the Bay Area, and I know they're, I'm not saying carrying water for the 49ers, but, you know, you're close to the team. Yeah, right. Brandon Ayuk is, is a guy who's poised now to break out in that offense, mm-hmm. you would expect. So it's not, it's not the Green Bay situation where they need a lot of, uh, they need to find it right now. They have drafted a wide receiver who should be explosive in that offense and ready to break out. I'm not saying he's going to be Debo, but he's a guy that can catch the ball and run and should be ready to just, take on a bigger share of that offense. But, I, but if you're San Fran... They I'm, need more. You need more. And in, 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 in the case of the other teams that we're discussing, even the Titans, uh, if, if they traded A.J. Brown, they still have a first-round pick. To a dra- in, a, in a draft where there's like six or seven guys and then there's the next tier. I think those six or seven and, might be gone. And, well, maybe. Six but, of them. But is there a team willing to trade a first-round pick for Debo Samuel? I don't know if that's... I don't know. I don't know if that's what the Jets, he's worth. That's how you stay as good. 
right? If you're Kyle Shanahan, you're very confident in your ability to run an offense and call an offense with different parts moving in and out. So if you could go draft another target in the first round to replace Debo Samuel, I mean, Kyle Shanahan may be confident enough to say, yeah, we'll be just, we'll be fine. Well, they need if that. If we can get that in return, but I, I, I'm with you guys. I don't know that that's the case because if you're the team trading for Debo Samuel, you're also arguing, we're taking him off your hands. He's a malcontent who's asked for a trade. We're the ones willing to pay him what he wants, not you. You're already not willing to pay him top dollar. So we're going to give you this and, and you give up Debo and then you get in whatever financial situation you want to be in with Trey Lance now moving into the starting Here, quarterback. Here's what San Francisco needs. They need to draft that wide receiver. They need to be healthy at running back so they could get more conventional at running back again. They had a slew of running back injuries, right? Mm-hmm. They need Trey Sermon to turn into what they thought Trey Sermon would be when they drafted him, what, in the second or third round last year out of Ohio yep. State. And they need somebody like Brendan Ayuk to step up. All those, those three things need to happen in order for them to make up for Debo Samuel leaving. Or you just don't trade him and you roll the dice on knowing that you can offer some, you're going to offer something close enough to get him to sign the extension. Well, I also think this is what he wants. This is also true, right? We don't think about this enough. Debo Samuel goes away from the team or AJ Brown goes away from the team and he's away from John Robinson and Mike Vrabel or Debo's away from John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan. It's easy to be mad and talk stuff and everything. Now, when it gets to the building, you, we know how this goes, right? You know, then Shanahan and Lynch are like, hey, come into my office and everything. And all of a yeah. sudden, it's, it's a lot harder to be so pissed off and everything. And you kind of walk. Let's go for a walk. Let's go, let's go to the lunchroom or whatever. And some of those icy feelings, I think, generally fall away because he's had a good relationship with them, right? Now it's money. It's the salary cap guy he's pissed off at technically. If they've had a good relationship, if when you're face to face, it's harder to be pissed off. Well, the, not Once just he's the salary cap guy. That now the report is that that he's also upset with his usage. Like he wants to be viewed as a wide receiver and not some wide back. Is how right. I think he was described there. But they've not had a chance to talk to him about that face to face. Right? He's it's also pissed about that since the season's over and he's gone away. But I also think that Debo Samuel's the type he wants to get paid like a guy who's not carrying the ball. He wants to get paid like a top receiver, right. but once he gets somewhere, he's going to be okay with whatever they well, ask him to do. Well, his value shot up after he was massively productive, yes. which came as a result of well, him being a wide back. But that, that makes total sense because once he gets somewhere, the team that's trading for him is going to pay him as a wide receiver. Regardless, right. if they want to use him at defensive back, then he'll be they're going right to pay him as a wide up. receiver. Um, because you wouldn't trade for him unless you're extending him yeah. that type money, and he's not going to be happy with it unless... You're not going to trade for him and then have a disgruntled Debo Samuel with no, you, it, just like he was in San Francisco. I'm saying that to say it's not him saying, I don't want to carry the football. It's him saying, I want to be utilized in a way to get my contract as a top receiver and then, we'll do, and then whatever. do whatever the heck you want with me. I'm not opposed to helping the team any way I can. And if the Jets traded for him, he'd be fine lining up in the Jets' backfield if he was getting paid like a top receiver. Well, this, you know, if you extend this out, say he plays this year – under his contract because they reach an impasse and he's got no alternative because the holdout is very expensive. Then you get into the franchise tag thing. Well, this is where we've seen like inside linebacker slash defensive ends, uh, you know, really fight out. You know, one of those tags is a lot bigger than the other. And you've used me half and half. Teams have negotiated like 
okay, we'll find a happy medium there, or you win, you'll be tied. Well, you know, if, if San Francisco dared to say, well, you know what, you actually, uh, X percent of your touches last year was a, a running back, that's a lot cheaper tag for us than the, that would turn into a carnival. Because he wouldn't have that, like you're saying, Hutt. He, yeah, I mean, the he wide just, receiver numbers are way bigger. Yeah, and you you don't want the you don't have the fifth year option, so they they lose a little leverage there. The leverage though comes from the 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 team willing to trade for him. If if word gets out through the Jets, but really you need two teams. If word gets out through the Jets um, or Team X that they're willing to sign him to twenty million plus per season over a four or five year deal. Um, that's when Debo cashes in because that's where you just play your leverage as they're willing to give it to me. And the, the team can also use that to drive the price up a bit because the jets have got that out there that they want to pay him that we know that's what they wanted to pay Tyreek Hill. Where, where's the drop off from Hill and the money and the trade value from Hill to a Debo or an AJ Brown, I think substantial from a Hill to a age uh, to from a Hill to a Samuel because Samuel, as we said, look, he's very good, but he's not done it over an extended period of time. Tyreek Hill is a you no, know, oh, special, yeah. special player. Yes, hit us up on Twitter at Outkick three sixty. We have the Outkick mock draft. Armando Salguero uh, included us in his mock draft that he did for the website at Outkick. We'll run through this and discuss where we differ the most and maybe the biggest riser and faller of uh, those who we had going in our 32-pick mock. That's next on OutKick 360. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back and their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless from researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience. Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. I love how Armando Salguero wrote the headline for the mock draft at OutKick.com. The OutKick staff NFL mock draft, and there will not be a 2.0. <laughs> Uh, here, here on, on that. Uh, Outkick 360 rolls on across the Outkick hey, network. For my picks that I gave Armando, there wasn't even a 1.0. <laughs> just oh. disregarded those and went right to the good stuff. <laughs> or whatever well, he deemed the good stuff. He, he was the judge, jury, and executioner yeah. uh, of the, he of does, the mock. He does, uh, you know, he does say this was the consensus, but I'm going with this on some of them. 
That's cool. I think maybe I was in with a consensus on some of them. Well, there's, a, there's a couple. There's a couple where I think that he took a nod from me uh, with the pick Eddie. and what he wrote about it. At least I'm telling myself that. I know there's one he took my. So I, I went through and on. gave him descriptions on all 32 picks. I didn't know really what he was wanting. I know he, we were included, and I was happy to be included in, in the mock that he put together. Um, but we'll try to uh, compare and contrast here where maybe we. We disagree the most with what ultimately the consensus went with. Jacksonville, uh, we have as a as an outkick staff, Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan. Now, Vegas disagrees with us. Vegas says it's going to be Trayvon Walker. Um, we say Aiden Hutchinson. This is where I went as well. Number one to Jacksonville. I think it's... It's not, it's not even... I wouldn't even classify it as a safe pick. I think it's the right pick. Uh, for Trent Baalke and for uh, what they're trying to build back in Jacksonville. It starts up front, and I would start with Aiden Hutchinson, the most consistent player at the position. Yeah, I'm going Aiden Hutchinson. Uh, I talked a little bit about it earlier, but I I think Jacksonville needs stability. They need something that is not necessarily Mm -hmm. a finished product, but close to it, and they don't need to take the big swing on the guy with a higher ceiling that also has an extremely low floor. And I think Trayvon Walker is a physically talented guy, but I think Aiden Hutchinson's a better player right now. I, I, I've got Jacksonville taking Hutchinson. I, I think they should take Hutchinson, but I think there's a reason that Vegas has the odds oh, yeah, now favoring, uh, favoring the other guys, so I, I'm not going to be surprised if it's Walker. How, how would they possibly know? Like, what, what intel would they have? I say that every time they have. <laughs> well, what intel they have, one piece of intel that they can get is where the money's going. So they've well, probably well, seen a big it. influx of money on Walker, so they shifted the odds that way. But I think they also it probably end up being Walker. But they're talking to you know, they're talking to people that aren't making the decision, but they're talking to enough people, scouts or people around the organization, to know to get a really good sense of what's going on. How about people close to Walker? That too. I think they probably have. I love how we just refer to them as like Big Brother. They. They definitely have someone around the Walker camp also, and the Hutchinson camp. Detroit, uh, the pick is Kayvon Thibodeau from Oregon. Um, history suggests they, that the pick won't produce right away because he'll either be injured or he'll be asked to play out of position. Uh, he's talking about Jeffrey Okuda and Panay Sewell. Uh, Sewell's a very good player, by the way. Okuda can be. But in this draft, stock with solid pass rushers, the Lions may find it hard to mess this up assuming that they don't pick a quarterback right here is, is how Armando puts this. I did not have Kayvon Thibodeau, number two. I went with Trayvon Walker. I'm scared of Thibodeau. Um, I just, I'm scared of less than maximum effort from a guy I'm investing this kind of draft capital into. And I, I know Dan Campbell's all about maximum effort, and he probably thinks he can flip the switch on the guy. I, we sat down with the guy and – I, I don't buy his well, – um, I, I just don't buy him. There's, I, a, there's a confidence factor with him that I like, and there's a confidence factor with him that I don't like. And it would just depend on the – it would have been, it would depend on the time and the place, Chad, for me with Kayvon Thibodeau. Well, there's plenty of coaches and organizations that just look at someone like Thibodeau and say, I don't want someone at that position that's going to bring tension, attention to themselves. He's going to do that. He is very concerned with being a brand. Mm-hmm. He's talked about it. He, he wants to be a quarterback. He wants to talk like a quarterback. 
He wants to have swagger. He wants to capitalize on marketing opportunities and all these things. There's a bunch of football guys that are going to look at that and say, I don't need that with someone on defense. I don't need that with any rookie that's coming into my team. He's very, very good. Bring attention but to it's yourself also, after you sack the quarterback. It's a little bit alarming when, it, when most of the scouts you see for him say, when he's going 100%, he's unstoppable. When he's going 100%, when you start prefacing with that, not necessarily a good thing. Um, I've got him going soon in this draft, but I've got Sauce Gardner going to Detroit at number two. Rounding out the top five, Houston with Trayvon Walker in the mock. Uh, with the fourth pick, the Jets select Sauce Gardner out of Cincinnati. And the Giants rounding out the top five, offensive tackle Charles Cross from Mississippi State. This is not the order uh, that I have completely. I do have the Jets going with Sauce Gardner at four. With the third pick uh, for, for Houston, I went with Equanu out of NC State. I don't know why I want Charles Cross ahead of the other tackles, particularly if I want a well-rounded guy. I'm sure Charles Cross is a fine player, but he's coming out of a program that uh, didn't, didn't known for running a lot. Mike, Mike Leach isn't asking his, his guys That's how he's to, built, too. Right? So uh, I need a guy that's going to run block. Um, as, as well as pass protect, and I'm thinking Aquanu and Evan Neal are both going to be better at that. Where did he have him going, Houston? He had him going to the Giants fifth. I mean, look, if I'm looking for a tackle in today's NFL, I, I'm far more concerned with a guy who can protect the passer, and he had, was asked to do that a lot in Mike Leach's offense with how they, they run the passing game. So I like that about him. I, I think if, you're fi- if you physically fit the mold – you're usually a good run blocker also. When you're, we're talking first-round offensive tackle, physical traits and talent, those guys can run block. It's the pass blocking that's an issue for a lot. Of them. That's why you see you know, right tackles move to guards, specifically with the Titans. I, I have no issue with his run blocking. If he could pass protect the way he could at Mississippi State, I think he's really good. But again, I've seen him in so many mock drafts of the Saints, whether that be the Saints trading up to get him or drafting him where they are right now. Uh, so I have him going a little bit. I think Evan Neal is just a physical freak, and I love him. Uh, as far as tackles, I- I've got him going third to the Texans in my mock draft. I've got Aquanu going shortly after that fifth to the Giants, Cross going later in the draft. But, I mean, I-, I think all three of those guys are really good. Carolina, uh, in our mock, our outkick consensus mock, Iki Aquanu from NC State at number six overall. Uh, the Giants with their second top 10 pick here at number seven, cornerback Derek Stingley from LSU. At eight, Atlanta goes defensive end Jermaine Johnson from Florida State. I just uh, I, I said it earlier. I, I can't imagine Atlanta not pulling the, the, the trigger on a, on a wide receiver here. Carolina for me, I, I went quarterback. I went Malik Willis. Me too. I, I, the, 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 the consensus – Seems to be Kenny Pickett. If you see a mock draft and Carolina's involved with quarterback, it seems to be Kenny Pickett. But I said, for the Panthers, give Matt Rule another quarterback or give him death. Um, Because Sam Darnold equals fired. And with a rookie quarterback, you have a chance to go and win offensive rookie of the year. That's my mindset with the position in the pick. And for Carolina, if you don't have – if you don't have – you know, you're, if you don't know that your quarterback that you currently have on your roster is your guy, I think you have to go that direction, especially when you have the top pick of the quarterback class. Could be Baker Mayfield on Monday, though. 
Could be. Uh, by the way, Armando yep. Salguero is watching right now, and uh, he informed me that uh, there's an Edgar Allan Poe line in the Ravens pick that was directly from me and the pick. So he said you were absolutely in the draft. I stand corrected, Armando. I appreciate that. Um, I like to think he's not. I've got – you guys know I err on the side of if you need a quarterback, you're drafting a quarterback. i got quarterback going at six and eight for that reason. I've got Malik Willis, like Hutton, to the Panthers, and I've got Kenny Pickett to the Falcons at eight. Uh, the, the Falcons, for the Falcons, I wrote two months ago, I would have selected Pickett at, at number eight overall to be Arthur Smith's quarterback. But look, we, we can discuss defense, and their defense is atrocious. They lost Calvin Ridley. Um, they lost Russell Gage in free agency. The overall uncertainty of these quarterbacks has me cautious, and with that in mind, I'm taking the top wide receiver, and that's Garrett Wilson. I'm, t- I'm having Garrett Wilson paired with uh, the, the talent of Kyle Pitts at tight end. I'd do the same. Um, rounding out the top ten, Seattle left tackle Evan Neal. Um, this was the position for me as well, not the pick. My pick was Charles Cross here to Seattle. Look, Seattle's offensive line – they need starters across the – I mean, just pick a position. Um, you can find an instant starter on the offensive line at number nine, and I think it ends up being Cross. It could be nil if Cross goes a little bit earlier than, than what is expected here. Um, but uh, I think the consensus position is, is correct. Uh, and the Jets, with their second top ten pick at number ten, go with Garrett Wilson out of Ohio State. They get their wide receiver after begging someone to trade a franchise wide receiver to them. Yeah, I love the Garrett Wilson pick. Uh, Zach Wilson to Garrett Wilson with the Jets. Really like that one. And, uh, yeah, I, I think offensive tackle makes the most sense for Seattle. I, I don't see Evan Neal lasting that long in the draft, but if he's there, that would be a terrific pickup for the Seahawks. I think Seattle's a big trade down spot. They've got a history of not drafting very high. Maybe they're saying, hey, we're finally drafting high, but uh, John Schneider likes to maneuver. Yes, uh, and they need multiple uh, uh, positions of need um, to, to, to pick up on in this draft. They can maneuver here and still draft the highest they've drafted in some time. Uh, commanders, Kyle Hamilton um, at, at, at safety. Minnesota Vikings go with cornerback Trent McDuffie. And the Houston Texans, defensive tackle Jordan Davis. Where do you guys differ? I think Washington is taking Kyle Hamilton here. Ron Rivera drafts the two-year starter. I had Kyle Hamilton going ninth to Seattle, but this is another one that I have seen this more than any other pick. Just like Charles Cross to the Saints, Kyle Hamilton to the Commanders at 11, and I've seen a corner to Minnesota in almost every mock. I think Minnesota so would why not Trent McDuffie at I number 11? Minnesota would love 12. for Stingley to last till there. They've got one That's of his old him. coaches from yep. LSU on staff. Houston with Jordan Davis. I just I really struggled with Jordan Davis early because he's a two-down player. And uh, if I'm picking at number 13, I'd love a guy who's on the field all the time. Yeah, uh, Stingley's defensive coordinator at LSU is now the defensive backs coach in Minnesota. Um, uh, Houston, uh, for their second pick, I went with Jermaine Johnson off the edge. I had him lasting there instead of going to Atlanta earlier, as our consensus mock uh, points out. Uh, Let's see, Baltimore, Ronnie Stanley, Health concerns are up in the air here. Uh, the trade of Orlando Brown Jr. and the retirement of Villanueva. They've got to address offensive line. Trevor Penning from Northern Iowa. And here's your, your Allen Poe reverence. Is this where, was this your pick as well, Chad? 
Uh, no, it was not my pick, but that is my line. The pick is so Ravens, Edgar Allan Poe might have predicted in 1838. I think well, I actually who did you had say a, that about? I think I had them – let me let me double-check. I had them picking a Devin Lloyd, linebacker from Utah. Penning is that pick. A, So he just used that line for another pick, but I, I still applaud the usage of it. Penning this. is an angry attitude dude who will uh, set a tone for a line. I, I have them going with Jordan Davis. I think this is uh, also Baltimore Ravens-esque. That is an Edgar Allan Poe-level pick for sure. He is a Raven-esque kind of guy. And then I put in here, Philadelphia will be pissed at this pick because they pick right after Baltimore at pick 15. Um, Our consensus with with wide receiver, Drake London, to give Jalen Hurts more weapons. Followed by New Orleans with wide receiver uh, Chris Olave. I co-sign on this one. Chargers going with wide receiver Jamison Williams and then Philadelphia again with Devin Lloyd out of Utah at linebacker. Philly normally does not draft inside linebacker early, but this guy seems to be a surefire starter for years to come for them if they end up with him, and they have a need for the position. And that's three wide receivers in a row there with London, uh, uh, Alave, and Williams. They're just poor off the board. A lot of people are seeing it happen like that, um, which is to the conversation we had earlier about just how you can replenish at this position I think high that's about right. annually. Yeah. Um, so we could see it. Uh, Philadelphia, that's two years in a row, right, um, with, with the receiver high. Jalen Hurts getting getting – Surrounded by people, he's going to have well, every Devontae chance. Devontae Smith a year ago. Every chance to show that he can see, be the guy. Uh, the offense ran the football well. Uh, they have multiple options out of the backfield. Now it's about adding to their pass game. Yeah. And uh, there's with multiple first-round picks, you're allowed to do that. If now. he doesn't you can address- do it, though, if he's not able to get the passing game going, we've talked about they're in position next year to draft a quarterback who will then have good receivers. Yep. Already in place. I went Jordan Davis, a pick after you had him, Hutton. I had him going to Philly at 15. Philly would love him. I've got uh, Charles Cross to the Saints, who I've talked about a lot with that match there. I went Jermaine Johnson, edge, uh, to the Chargers, even though that's not necessarily a spot they really need right now. Uh, I think he's a difference maker for that defense. And uh, with the Eagles, I went Chris Olave. I think Jordan Davis. Ohio State. So another – sign that the Eagles are adding to that passing attack. I, I know the Chargers have signed some defensive tackles. I think Jordan Davis would be fantastic there where I have less of an issue with the two-down player. They need run-stopping in such a big way yes. that, that he they would attack their, their big front. issue, a good team's singular issue. Um, New Orleans, consensus was Kenny Pickett. I had Kenny Pickett in my mock that I sent to Armando at 19. Yeah, I uh, of course, I went Kenny Pickett way higher, number eight to the Falcons. So I've got them going Drake London, which I feel like was a someone had them going to the Saints earlier. Uh, but I've got Drake London from USC going to the Saints at that pick. Alave and Pickett here in the consensus at 16 and 19. That could be a combination for years to come. So here's, here's the intrigue here, because I had Malik Willis and, and Pickett off the board. And for me, that leaves... Pittsburgh with a position for me other than quarterback at 20. But Malik Willis remains on the board in our consensus mock, and that's where he ends up. Pittsburgh, Kevin Colbert's final draft, selects quarterback Malik Willis from Liberty. Who did you have, Hutton, out of curiosity, for the Steelers at number 20? I went with Tripp McDuffie out of Washington. Uh, they, They get a corner who can play both man and zone. 
Uh, he fits the Mike Tomlin locker room perfectly. If you hear this guy talk about his leadership qualities, and he's one of the top talents in this entire draft class. Look, I think this is the spot. If the Steelers aren't able to trade up and get their guy quarterback, this is the spot where we get a surprise quarterback pick in the first round, someone who probably shouldn't be in the first round, but the Steelers badly need a quarterback. Um, this is my biggest swing of my mock draft. I've got him taking Matt Corral out of Ole Miss at number 20 overall and being the biggest surprise pick in that first round. I've seen a lot of people with Desmond Ritter still mm, alive yeah, and yeah. going to Pittsburgh in that spot. Yep. Um, I've got Corral going ahead of Desmond Ritter and to Pittsburgh with that 20th pick. So Kevin Colbert in his final draft gets the quarterback of the future for Pittsburgh. I do not think that they will force a quarterback if one of the top two is not there. Um, and I wouldn't be a surprised to see them go with the first safety, maybe Dax Hill or uh, the Georgia guy, Seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Who is Seen? Yeah, uh, they need help in the defensive backfield. The defensively overall, I think, in the defensive back room, that, that can be addressed early for Pittsburgh. Coming up, we round out the, the rest of this draft. New England with an intriguing scenario. Based Which, on our consensus mock with the wide receivers that are available, the offensive linemen, and then some solid defensive players as well. We hit those coming up. And then in 20 minutes, Pete Rose on the show and Outkick 360. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Running through the Outkick.com mock draft, the consensus mock, where there will not be a 2.0 version. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Ehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Outkick 360 rolls on. 1.0 or bust. Brett New England's pick at number 21. And uh, the consensus has them going with Trey Burks, the wide receiver out of Arkansas, who I love, but it's not who I went with. See, Trey Burks going to New England, let's presume this happened, hurts Trey Burks' stock with me. Because as soon as a receiver goes to New England, he doesn't pan out. So I don't want, I like him. I, I, I did a board for the Titans today, like how, how I would have guys come off if they were available for the Titans. I think he's probably gone, but he's my first guy. Um, but if he went to New England, I think he would get worse. Because receivers go to New England and they don't pan out. I, I think he fits the mold of uh, the, the Titans mold is the Patriots mold. Um, and that's, that's uh, I mean, as far as mindset and type of player, you know, like they, they target a lot of the same guys. Yeah. Well, remember. That's, it, why, I, that's why I think they're taking Zion well, I Johnson. Really, I really want, uh, you've got Zion Johnson in New England. Yes. Yeah. I really want Trey Burks to fall to the Titans. By some somehow yeah, some way, I'd love for them to get him. I think Trey prayer. Burks fits the mentality of uh, of New England. I think this pick is going to piss everyone off that doesn't like New England. I think it's going to be Jamison Williams. Is who I have going to New England. I think he's by far the best receiver in this draft. But I, I don't it. think once he, 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 once he gets off the board. I don't think he but, lasts. But so but I'm with you, Chad. Like that. That that's the one that's going to piss people off Let's when he the, falls to New England. Well, we're getting in. We're getting into Green Bay territory and Kansas City territory too. 
Yep. Like they're, they're, yeah. Jamison, Win, J, Jamison Williams is a number one wideout in the NFL, and he could fall to Green Bay or Kansas City conceivably. And Bill Belichick loves Nick Saban um, and, and Nick Saban guys. I, I think they're going with Zion Johnson. Um, because Local product. They, they, look, they could draft a corner because Malcolm Butler and Terrence Mitchell are not enough when you look at their depth versus their starters because they lost J.C. Jackson, who they knew they were going to have to replace, and they can do it here in the draft. So they could go corner here. Um, but the versatility of Johnson, to me, is an option too good to pass up unless Devin Lloyd were to fall to them. I think they Devin run to the podium. Devin Lloyd is very much a patriot. They run to the podium uh, and get the next Dante Hightower Jr. with Devin Lloyd. If it's a corner, Andrew Booth probably. Uh, Booth. McDuffie's probably gone. Yeah. And, and yeah. the other top two are gone. So Booth or Elon so, would be next. Green Bay, Arizona, Dallas. Here we go with the wide receivers. Uh, Jahan Dotson in the consensus mock out of Penn State to Green Bay. Uh, we know that they've got to address the wide receiver position. They've got another pick coming up. Arizona in the consensus mock draft goes with George Karlaftis uh, from Purdue. They get pass rush and defensive end help. That pick makes a lot of sense. And Dallas selects center Tyler Linderbaum out of Iowa in what has been a, a rough offseason for Dallas. And they need some starting help on the offensive line, specifically at the center spot. The thing about Linderbaum is he's a center. Uh, mm -hmm. it, you know, I, I don't think you could fudge around with that much. Uh, that's where I went. I, you just got to plug him in. He's a day him. one starter at a position of need. And I, that's where I have him going. I, I, Jahan Dotson, that actually lined up with me for Green Bay. So I, I matched with, with Armando on that Same one. Here. Uh, I went Devontae Wyatt from Georgia to Arizona, not Carl Aftis at 23. And oftentimes Jerry Jones does something that doesn't make a lot of sense. And I think the center from Iowa makes a ton of sense to start day one. But I've got Trey Burke still on the board, mm -hmm. and he can't help himself. His fellow Arkansas Razorback, oh. at receiver and a playmaker, will be a Dallas Cowboy. And I had Burks going a uh, pick ahead of Dallas to Arizona. Um, so we were close, right around the same range. Who'd yeah. you have to Green Bay, huh? Green Bay, John Dodson. Yeah, okay. And I just said, look, hey, Cliff Kingsbury. Hey, Kyler, uh, hey, Kyler Murray, prove it. Here's Trey Burks. Yep. Like that was my mindset in the pick. Is you add him with DeAndre Hopkins, with Rondell Moore, with Zach Ertz, and with AJ Green, and you you no roll the excuses. dice. That's right. No excuses right. now. Buffalo. I went running back, but our consensus mock has Kenyon Green from Texas A&M. And the consensus mark for the Titans going with Zion Johnson from Boston College. Tampa goes with safety Dax Hill. I, I mean, I think if this scenario panned out at 25 where Kenyon Green and Zion Johnson were both still there and the Titans could wind up with one of the two of them, I, I think that'd be fantastic. Look, I, I love the idea of the Titans getting a wide receiver here. Yep. I think the bigger need really is a, a plug-and-play left guard let damn uh, Dylan Radins play right tackle the position he was drafted to play or sort that out. But they got Roger Saffold three years ago, a high-quality left tackle, veteran guy, plugged him and played him. I think these two guys are both plug-and-play left tackles. I picked Zion Johnson here, and, and uh, Armando went with some of what I wrote. Um, I know Chad's big on, the, on that pick oh, as well. Yeah, Armando liked my mock here because I went Kenyon Green 25 to Buffalo and Zion Johnson – 26 of the Titans, two offensive guards. Um, 
Did, did you go Tampa Bay? Did we go that deep, or are we about to do yeah, that? Yeah, with Tampa Bay, yeah, went, uh, Dax Hill, that's who yeah, I had I, them going. I went Carlaftis, so going a little bit later, but going to Tampa Bay at 27. And look, if the Titans have a chance at Zion Johnson, don't buy for a second that Mike Vrabel's intimate knowledge is not a factor. His son not only played with him, he roomed for him for two years Vrabel was dismissive of this at his press conference. That's it's, nonsense. Of course it's a fact. I just, I, I Good think, or bad, it's going to be a fact. You guys know my mock. I have him off the board to New England. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, if he, but if, if he, he was fits there the, for Titans the Titans brand, he fits the, the New England brand. Yeah, if he's there, I think he's the pick, but I went with Kenyon yeah. Green. Um, Who's also and, uh, and I fits wrote the another ball. offensive line selection for the Titans. Nashville, needs to hit. Nashville weeps, but they need <laughs> Green. They shouldn't, but they do. Yeah, they shouldn't need him. You want him on that wall. This you pick, need him on that wall. This should be a non-issue two years ago. Um, Green Bay with p- pick number two of the first round for the Packers. Uh, Devontae Wyatt is the consensus. That's also where I went here because they can revamp Joe Barry's defensive front with just a big, disruptive interior defender. That's a good pick, I think. He's a good player. Yeah, I went with Trevor Penning, the offensive tackle, Northern Iowa. Uh, more of, uh, that they're, they're in need of more offensive line depth, and I've got him going later than most. But that's where I've got Green Bay going. Right, I'll say this. If Trevor Penning was still there at this stage, I wouldn't be averse to the Titans taking Trevor Penning, who is a real attitude setter, could play guard or tackle, and, Chad, I think could ultimately replace Taylor Lewan at left tackle, maybe. Kansas City with back-to-back picks in the consensus mock going with wide receiver Christian Watson and outside linebacker David Ajabo from Michigan, Cincinnati with cornerback Andrew Booth from Clemson, and Kyler Gordon rounds out the first round of the consensus mock to Detroit. Uh, he is the corner out of Washington. Real quick, I got George Pickens going, the Kansas City Chiefs at 30. That's going to give Patrick Mahomes another toy for his chest to play with, and he is a talented receiver. I went with Watson. He's 6'4 and ran 4'3'6". A little raw. Going to need some time, but Kansas City has some time. And I put Desmond Ritter as the 32nd pick, and I just wrote either to the Lions or a team drafting into the first round to get Ritter at pick 32 in the fifth-year option. Fun process, Armando. Thanks for including us. Thank you, Armando. Armando will be on throughout the week as he gives great coverage to Outkick.com out in Las Vegas. First round coming up on Thursday. Pete Rose next.